Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. Thank you to Escape Space Games for sponsoring this season of Average Folks. Enjoy the show. the botanical center logan is out of surgery and thank they he is awake he is sitting up the best he can with the sheer number of stitches he is holding his abdomen together luciana by his side and gwenda standing by the foot of the bed i told you i feel fine you're still numb of course you feel fine we will be keeping you overnight just to be safe but it was just a minor patch-up did you find anything new no The state of your liver and stomach has deteriorated, and there's been some expected growth, but no new masses. This surgery, it definitely gave you some time. How much more? Not enough, right? I... It's not a joyous number, no. I am tired of that term. Given time. It's like I'm on this alarm that keeps being snoozed. Ten more minutes. One more year. I'm tired. I am so, so tired. I don't know if this is helpful, but I got anxious, as friends do, and to appease myself, I did some research. Gwenda slots a thick packet of loose papers, research documents, on the bedside table by Luciana. She picks it up promptly. These are universities. Dilly faxed these to me. Apparently Tara's been doing some looking, too. There are these things called clinical studies. Bigger universities with successful medical programs train their students and get free labor by doing these studies on folks who don't have a certified cure for something yet. And there are a few going on for conditions like yours. Why haven't I heard of this? Probably because they aren't talked about very much, and they're risky. They aren't certified, as stated, so it would be a last resort. Well, that's where we're at, right? 
Gwenda points to the sheet Luciana holds. This one is doing a study on neuroantigen vaccines. They're pretty interesting and made just for you. And you'd still be close to your family. What do you mean? It's at FACTA University. Their medical programs are highly regarded. How long would it be? Four months. Could be longer if it shows promise but no results. Four months? And what would we do about Vallis? Gwenda, almost impatient, gestures to their children outside. You have four adults in a position to help who deeply care about you. You need only ask. Logan watches as Ellie smacks Dune's shoulder for saying something out of earshot. Eller stands with one foot on a waiting room chair as if he were a sea captain overlooking the vast ocean ahead, hands in pockets, young. And Mikhail laughs. He laughs at something, and Luciana sees this too. She nudges her partner. Lo, maybe think about it? Absolutely not. Uh, Patch me up, discharge me when you can. I have a territory to run. But you won't be running it for much longer anyways. Lucy, I'm not doing it. I'm not. Gwenda, disheartened, nods. Luciana clings to the paperwork and stands. I'm going for a walk. Shall I let the kids in? Please do. Luciana dryly walks to the door and opens it. He's awake. And it is the next day. Logan is back home in Lyoth Hall. Agnes greets the family back with worry lines deeply embedded beside her eyes. And it rains a medium amount at the causeway now. Dylan and Sage step off the salt train at the causeway and pike their rain cloaks up, entering the flat, rocky peninsula. Folks mill about like they typically do, and Dylan skirts past most of the vendors on the main strip. One holds out a carton of coconut chips with enthusiasm. Ooh, a snack perhaps? And Dylan, a bit red in the face, shakes his head no so many times. No, 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 I'm so good, thanks. My mom's house is at the end of the causeway, uh, that blue one up ahead. So, just a couple house rules. I know she's going to hound about, so I'd like you to get prepared. I'm ready. Coasters, 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 use a coaster. Even if the drink is lukewarm, use a coaster. Even if it's your water bottle, use a coaster. If you're not sure whether it qualifies as a cup or bowl, use a coaster. Perfect. And second of all, you should ask if you can stay. I should ask if I can stay? Yes. Does Gwenda not know that I've been told to stay with her? No, no, but we really would like to offer the illusion of choice to make it better on all of us. And she's super, super really nice anyways, so it should be a problem. And what if she says no? You have a tent. That's kind of rad. Oh, wait a minute. They have reached the end of the causeway. Sage stands with his sandaled toes over the rocky edge, staring into what appears to be a vast ocean. The sky is gray, with soft lavender hues spidering underneath. The water is speckled with disturbances from the rain. Wow. So this used to be a salt flat? Oh, it still is. This layer of water is really only here during Imbar, and it's not deep at all. Look. Dylan picks a sizable rock from the decline and chucks it into the expanse. It bounces audibly, splashing around, and it lands. Half of the rock is still protruding from the water. Wow. Wow. That's beautiful. Further in the distance, worlds away, Sage notes the faint outline of hills, inky black against the clouds. What's over there on the other side? I don't know. 
Another territory, probably. Another territory? Well, which one? Dylan shrugs, his eyes burrowing into the middle distance, those blurry, uncleanly cut hills. Circles are our main way of coming and going. The journey isn't really... Necessary anymore? Wanted, I'd rather say. There's a metaphor in there somewhere. (sighs) Yeah. Dilly? Dylan and Sage swivel their heads to see a petite, middle-aged woman standing, rain cloakless, mane of hair soaking up the rain without a bother in the world. She holds an ancient, ancient cat, which wears a harness and a leash. Mommy! My sweet! It isn't Friday. What are you doing here? I'm here with... Who is this? This is... Sage, traveling prophet. I've heard all about you, Gwenda. But not you. Who is this precious one? This is Honey. Gwenda offers the cat to hold, which Sage gingerly accepts. How old is is she? Twenty-three! Oh my. Traveling prophet, I expect you're about to ask me if you can stay here. Um, I am actually, and Tara, and... I know about traveling prophets, and I like free cat sitters. Please come in. I can show you the guest room, and you, Dilly? Okay, I could stay for a little bit. Twenty-three years old? How long do cats live? Well, cats in general, or my cat, because Honey is a one of those breeds that can live forever, and she is going to live forever. She only drinks... And Tara is in her office alone. Anger, puzzling anger, burns still in her belly long after the cool of the ice water drained. Oh, consults are done for Oh, the, the site said consults go until 5 p.m. How did you check the website? It's in bar. I checked before I circled. You also have your hours posted outside your door. I didn't realize what time it is. Come in. Thanks. I just moved to here. I was supposed to yesterday, but uh, things came up, so... Well, welcome. I'm Tara, prophetess. What's your name? I'm Vaughn. Vaughn? Vaughn, yeah. Like, Bon Voyage. Isn't it Bon Voyage? That was the joke, yes. Ah. (laughs) Good to meet you. Good to see you again, Terrabon. Where, where again? We were in the same geography class. Oh, right, with Teacher Ramona. Yeah, wow, I guess I mentally blocked a lot of that part of my life, huh? (laughs) (laughs) Well, you probably weren't your best self in primary school. Uh, was anyone? Uh, hmm. You don't remember me, though. I asked you to the spring sway? Uh... You said no twice? Oh! Bond! Hey. So you just moved from Mayor Opame. What for? Got a job. So did you, it seems, prophetess? Yeah. Residential? Yeah. I thought you schooled for traveling. I did for a bit. Then I stopped. Gotcha. I think you've got a pretty good deal here. Can't complain. Oh, one can always complain. I do have less valid reasons than many, however. Aren't you a PPA for Gildo? Oh, I, I was. For four-ish years. I stopped last year, got into marketing. Ah, uh, the smell of soap got a little too much for you? Huh, a little. How are you doing with all of that, by the way? The soap scent? With Gildo. With the... Oh, you don't have internet. What happened with Gildo? I'm 
so sorry. What Tara. happened with Gildo? He was walking in Lowtown last night. Where downtown? Uh, Sisk, and he was attacked. Holy shit, by who? They're looking for the suspects now. They haven't been caught yet. Suspects? But Gildo knows everyone in the territory. Why didn't they just ask him? Is he okay? He's he's gone. He he died? I'm so sorry, Tara. Great they. Great they? How? Guardians assume it was premeditated. So Gil was murdered? It appears so, yes. Why? Uh... He was not well-liked by the Lowtown District. He was never there. He's just one guy. He can't be everywhere all at once. I know. I know that. But you know folks get mad when they are not helped, and they went unhelped for a long, long time. So he was murdered because he was a prophet. He was murdered because some folks can be evil. They justified it by blaming his work and his performance within it. GT, when are we? You can't just murder someone. Evidently you can Folks have a weighty perception of prophets. I know you know this. And I don't know how Vallis is, and I assume you're good at your job, and that many have confidence in you. It just takes one to not. And I do feel the need to say this. I, I did not kill Gildo. I just saw it coming a mile away because of these things. And I tried my hardest to warn him, and I wanted to check in because I care. Please just be careful. Tara is staring at him. She's far, far away. Her mind races with her own performance, her own report card, her own deeds. Has she been keeping up to date on inquiries? Has she led the community astray? Obviously not, she thinks. They need her. With the threat of the lore, they need her. But perhaps threat was not the word to think. Tara? Yes? It's, uh, 5.04. I'm gonna go. Okay. We should get coffee sometime. Okay, yeah. Yes. All right. Well, bye, Tara. Good to see you. I'm sorry, again. Holding you in greatness, all that. Right. The door shuts behind Vaughn. Tara, eyes empty, hollow, watches the knob on edge, afraid. Afraid always, but it's set deeper now. Tara discards Helga's letter from her apothecary bag. She unfrills it and begins to read again. Back in Lyoth Hall, Logan and Luciana have turned in early to bed. Agnes roams the entryway, locking the library and turning off lights. After she does this, she elicits an enormous yawn and heads upstairs to bed. In doing so, she passes Ellie's open door. Ellie is visible, lying on her stomach on the ground, staring at her computer. She appears furrowed and grumpy. Hey, Elle. Doing okay? Just thinking. I haven't sent back my acceptance of my acceptance letter. Really? Why not? I'm not sure. Maybe I'm just trying to escape a little bit, but I'm like... Am I trying to force change by leaving Valis, or am I trying to grow by letting go a little bit and trying to find myself in a different context? I think you verbalized your answer pretty well. But what if I'm choosing the wrong thing? Are you? If you really, truly are, I think you would know. Call it a gut thing, spiritual intervention, whatever. What do you feel right now? 
Mm, nebulous. Nothing. But peaceful. And excited, I think. So definitely must be the wrong decision then, huh? <laughs> Probably not. Exactly. You're 18. You get to make big, life-altering decisions that you have absolutely no idea where they will lead. And your main obligation is that whatever choice you make, you need to trust it. Follow it through and believe that it'll work out. That's kind of the point of young adulthood. How long does the uncertainty last? (laughs) Well, I'm 23 and there is no end in sight. So I don't know. But my running hypothesis is forever and ever. Well, darn. Darn indeed, Ellie. Darn indeed. (laughs) Do you feel like you did the right thing with your life? I feel like these were things. I see no inherent good or bad attached to the whole of any of them, but I know I'm in the right place. Because this family needs me, for one. And I met you. And how could that be the wrong thing, I guess is the point. Exactly-ish. I have just one more concern about leaving someone here. I'm worried they're not going to be okay. Well, the brothers are going to cry a lot, but they will all pull through. <laughs> I was talking more about Onyx. Onyx? You're worried about Onyx? Oh, I'm sure they can take care of themselves. I'm not. Has something happened, Ellie? They've been just very dependent on me and Dad. Even if we're gone for the day, I always come back to shattered light bulbs, knocked over bookcases. I worry who will look after them after I leave and after Dad... Um. The children were getting older. I believe Mikhail was 14 at this time. He still didn't achieve his growth spurt yet. He had none of the gruffness or squareness of his father. We were in the library together one evening. He had seen me working on my quilts and spent a few days begging to teach him how to do the craft. There was a statue of a past chieftain that the boy was obsessed with, and he liked to sit at its base to stitch patterns. I think the statue inspired him, the curves and details of it. I'm sure it did. And it had been a while since I've seen the blue presence, but it came in to join us that day. Mikhail could not see it, but it often sat next to him, watching him work. It was really quite sweet which is why I never interfered. You're a lovely artist, Mikhail. That's a good trait in a chief, creativity. (laughs) I'm not gonna be chief. I'm gonna go away for college and never come back. Well, why? I don't like it here. It's lonely. And the blue presence, this entity, did not like to hear that. Mikhail had returned to his doodles and such, but the presence just stood, looking at him, almost afraid, or angry, or I don't know. But it placed its hand on the statue and it began to wobble. I don't even know if they meant to do this, but it was just one shove, one oddly powerful, tangible shove, and I yelled, No! 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 What? I grabbed him just in time before the stone statue fell. 
it shattered into hundreds, thousands of pieces. Parts of it bounced up and sliced my arms as I held his head. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. No, no, you, you... I'm sorry, I'm so sorry. No, 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 no. Dude, what did you do? I didn't do anything. And it just stood there looking at me. The family came into the room. I know Logan saw the blue presence. They watched each other for so long. And Logan, he had the nerve to say, Mikhail, what did you do? The next few years were similar instances, never quite so dramatic. Because I would watch this thing like a hawk whenever it entered the room. It roared in agony whenever Logan had to leave for a business trip. It trailed behind Eller, watching him do grade schoolwork. It tried to keep up with Dune and seemed to like that he had no ambitions to leave. It is as if time works differently for it. And it is new to this place all of the time. It is connected to this hall and the family that occupies it. I suppose because it perceives itself as family, a dependent. But it learns. Its understanding shifts based off mood. And it does not like to feel abandoned. And I learned this the hard way. One day, it was just the entity and I left in the house. But I still decided to go out of office. Just on a personal day. I don't even remember what I did. The entity had seen me leaving. And they begged me with their body language to not. But I blamed them for so much at this point and I left anyway. When I came back, my staff, which I always leave by the door, was angrily snapped in two. The entity sat by it waiting for me to see. And Tara, that made me angry. What's Onyx going to do when Logan... or when Ellie goes to college? I want to go, Agnes. I have to. It's my dream and I feel so excited by it. I want to grow and get out. Then do it! What's the worst thing that could happen? Ellie will be gone. But she will visit. And I will still have Logan. But... He does not have long before he is gone. But gone where he cannot visit again. No. No. I, I do not think that will be okay with me. I do not think that will be okay at all. Let's take a break. This season of Average Folks is sponsored by Escape Space Games Tualatin. Located just off of Tualatin Sherwood Road, Escape Space Games hosts six different escape rooms, each with their own unique themes and puzzles. Gather your friends and family for exciting adventures like the Toy Museum Heist. Rumors say that the owner of Randy's Toy Museum has acquired some sort of secret artifact not on display to the public, and it's up to you to find it. Or work together to solve the mysteries of castaways, where you must face a series of physical and mental challenges in the style of a certain tropical TV game show in order to keep your spot on the island. Visit the magic garden of the Beanstalk, where the gardener is getting antsy and looking for a successor. Do you have what it takes to discover the secrets of the garden? Explore your senses with the Tualatin Valley Room, where you'll need your sense of touch, smell, sound, and sight in order to escape in time. 
Stage a prison break in cell block, where you and your team must first escape their own cells and then make your joint escape. Or get cozy with Two to Tango, a two-person room with a mystery to solve about these two particular dancers. Adults play for $30, and kids under 12 play for $25. Escape Space Games is open Friday evenings, all day Saturday and Sunday afternoon. Weekday plays are available by appointment. Visit escapespacegames.com or call 503-610-2394 to book your room today. Well, let's get back to it. The following day, after, after the, the blue, blue entity, entity had broken, broken my, my staff, staff, I got up early. I stowed away on the salt train and I brought my broken staff to my friend Gwenda. It took several tries, several failures, but she managed to reattach the ends. Afterwards, we sat on her back porch. It was solace, so the flats were dry and dazzling, and they went on forever. I told her, I'm in danger. What? With whom? I'll deck them. I'm not quite sure you can. I gave her a brief synopsis of a creature in Lyoth Hall, I think she may have misunderstood the context. She kept bringing up Logan's name and disdain over our next few meetings. Every time I would wake up in the morning and see the Lyoths deteriorating around this blue entity, I would see them fight and yell and accuse, and this creature would watch from the corner. I had stopped trying to confront Logan. I got tired, lazy even, perhaps and I became fixated with this place on the horizon of the causeway, the prospect of going away, and I didn't know what it was, still. Oh, uh, just a sec. Tara forgets about the letter for some time. Life just becomes busy, and Helga's way of beating around the bush to her point becomes a background thought, as Tara attempts to do residential profit stuff. Speaking of time, it has passed again. Not too much, only a month, but it is enough to see Logan struggle more up the stairs, for relationships to deepen and change slightly, for Tara to start sleeping in more and more in the mornings, not too much to the notice of those around her. Willow gains some massage clients. Ovia has developed a grim acceptance for the new giraffe mask. The deadline for that study Gwenda suggested to Logan has passed. And the Lyoths, in secret, in short bursts, meet without Logan. Conspiring, plotting, planning, reconfiguring. Ellie counts down her days till college. Dude keeps himself busy volunteering, going into work early. And Mikhail helps his mother make certain phone calls. He's been staring reflectively in the mirror more and more. Eller still steals away to work on his M-bar study at the engineering lab. Today, though... He's not just working on projects. He seems to be preparing a speech of sorts. The green lore is with him, as always, hovering. This is it. Do you have it prepared? Yes. Talking points. My experience, my drive, the empathetic reasons as to why it should be me, and some filler. Today you earn chiefdom. Yeah, yeah. You sound unconvinced. No, I'm... I'm convinced. I'm... I'm fucking convinced. Okay. 
Logan sits in his office alone. Like Eller, though, he's not working. No, not really. He's staring out to the window, aimlessly following the dribbling lines of water on the pane, tapping his fingers mindlessly on the stack of papers. The same stack of papers that Gwenda gave him when he was discharged. At the top, highlighted with her unintelligible scribblings riddling the margins, lies the neoantigen study at Facta University. Deadline passed. Logan, in the non-drumming hand, holds a pen that hasn't done anything with it save for mark some nervous lines on the green of his desk. Logan, you can still call, see if they have space. Why are you so afraid of doing this? Because... Because it's the last thing there is to do. If I opt out of it, I go on my terms. I know I didn't try everything. I prioritize other things and make sacrifices for my kids. But if I do do it, and it doesn't work, I... die. And that's so horrifying to me. Which sounds just backwards. I've been dying for years. I should be numb to the notion. But I'm not. Because I don't know. I don't know. (laughs) And you know, some folks say that when you get closer, you get more okay with the idea of not knowing. But I'm not. I am so not. And it's not fair. We should know. It feels so, so shitty for it to be this big secret. And the only way to be let in on the joke is to die? Yeah. Yeah? What do you mean, yeah? You're supposed to have answers. I'm not, and you know that. Also, even if I was supposed to, well... I don't. Where can we find them? When do we get to learn? Maybe that is a larger portion of the work. Accepting that we can't know everything. Why? Why would that be necessary? So we don't become the most important person in the world to ourselves? To encourage collaboration with others? Something about the death of the ego? I... I don't really know, Logan. That's hard. That is so hard. (laughs) Logan? Yes? What do you like to do for fun? I've never had fun once in my life. With the family you have procured, I firmly believe that is impossible. (sighs) Well, I... I was in a band, I guess. You were in a band? (laughs) How did I not know this until now? Yes, I was in a band. It was just university. You had a college band? I was bass. Ah, hence the hoe phase. (laughs) Hence the hoe phase. Yes. A great day. Uh, Yeah. Hey. 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 Logan, startled, recognizes these voices growing louder in the hallway. His oldest son, Mikhail Oliath, cracks open the door. Hey! Uh, is now a good time? Good time for the what? The rest of the Lyoth's file in now. 
They fill the office. Mikhail slides into the back corner. Dune sits on the other side of the desk. Ellie leans against the back wall. Luciana grips the back of Logan's chair, and Eller stands in the middle as tall as he can. Hey, Dad. Hey. Dad! Hi! Hey, yo. What's going on? So, we've been talking. I preface this with that this was not me. I didn't say anything to incite this, and I fought it incredibly hard, but I think you need to hear this the same way I did. Okay. So, we've been talking, and please know, you still, like, do get a say in this. We just think, like, that we're right. And no, I also think this is a good idea. And I do too. Dad, we want you to do the case study at FU. I... I called them, and what do you know? The chief of a large territory with a good following and a successful family with students at their university. They are elated at the prospect of studying. And I'll be there. I don't want your main task to be supporting me, though. It's... It's experimental treatment. There's bound to be side effects, right? I would go with you. Then who would stay here? Who who would be chief? Well, there's two options. Obviously not me. And it really can't be me, and that's okay. I still want to be chief, and I'm still going to train for it. So, even if the experimental study doesn't work... Which it fucking better. Dune. Which leaves me. And Mikey. Yeah. Absolutely not. I just graduated, Dad. I have so much knowledge fresh on my mind. I've led some teams in the engineering hubs, and I think I would thrive in a position of, you know. He catches his own face in the reflection of the window. He matches his own brown eyes, and they are. Great they. They are so, so empty now. I I, I think I'd do great, and, um... And tired. So tired and young. The contacts itch. I just... I know I could do it, and I want to help. I want to be useful, finally, and prove, um, uh, prove myself. You have absolutely nothing you need to prove to me. And Eller looks at his father instead. His father's kind hazel eyes that have been there for 22 years of his life. His whole life. His home. His dad, his chief, and he sees so much that he is not yet, and... Then... I don't think I'm ready. That's okay. That's okay. So... I, uh... Guess that settles things. Logan, at first, refuses to bring his gaze from the ground. He grumpily stares at his children's shoes... But he relents, ever so lightly staring at their knees now. You don't want to be chief. I want to support you. And I was born into this family. We do have a responsibility, and not everyone gets what they want all the time. And that's okay. I feel ready to take this on for a little bit. I would have a great support system, and I want you to be okay. Please, Dad. Please. If you need the help, 
if you need me to do this for you, you just need to ask. Ask, and I'll do it in a heartbeat. They stay in the silence. They embrace it. Logan sits and goes through what could possibly be 15 stages of grief. Of hope, of anguish, of... Ah, something. But he looks to Luciana. Then Eller. Then Ellie. Then Dune, then Mikhail. And he sees nothing but the right decision in each of their eyes. Please, Dad, please. please. Helpless now, Logan feverishly turns to Luciana again. And she nods. Oh, she nods and nods. And then there is an agreement. This fire in Logan simmers. And Logan's eyebrows settle as he meets his eldest son's eyes again now. Mikhail. Yes, Dad. It's not for forever. It's just not. Mikhail is almost convinced by this. Okay. And the rest of the Lyaths, they have no choice but to almost believe it, too. I am stepping down on leave of absence. And I am naming you, Mikhail Lyath, chieftain of Valis in my place. Hello, Absolute Tens. I'm Hope Bellinger, director and producer of Average Folks. Thank you for listening to this episode. Sound design by Elise Bradford. Mixing by Hope Bellinger. Original music by Liam Greenlee. Instagram at Average Folks Official. Or visit us at our website, average-folks.com. <laughs>